All right. Well, to help us get into our message today, I want to ask you, what happens when you stop? What happens when you stop? When you get a quiet moment to yourself, which some of you are like, when was the last time that happened? But when you have a quiet moment to yourself, uh, maybe you get to the end of a long day and you finally get to sit down or you get to lie down in bed. When you have some time on a Saturday morning, maybe late on a Sunday afternoon, what happens when you stop? And I will acknowledge that I know this is a bit of a confronting question for some of us, myself included, uh, but it's really, really important in terms of what we're going to process through today for us to just engage with what does happen for us when we stop. In fact, one of the most important things for us to recognize as we explore what we're going to be talking about today is the importance of letting go of self-judgment, particularly about what it looks like for us to stop. Because for some of us, we have a very, very hard time stopping. When we stop, our minds just seem to spin up and start swirling and there's all these thoughts that come to us, all these things that we need to do, all these things that we wish we'd done. How did I come across in that situation? What's that person thinking? What's going on over here? There's all these thoughts that swirl for us. For others of us, when we stop, we realize that our bodies have been tightened and tightened and tightened like a rubber band that's been twisted and twisted and twisted. When we stop, we realize just how tense we actually are. For others of us, when we stop, our body can't actually stop. And uh, some of us have like little jiggles that start happening, our leg just keeps going, or we have to fidget, we can't actually stop, our bodies won't let us. There are some of us, probably not many of us, but some of us who can enter into a state of quiet very, very easily. That when we stop, we just manage to switch off and be at peace. If you're one of those people, congratulations, I think you're in the minority. For some of us, if we stop for more than a couple of minutes, we find ourselves nodding off into what may or may not be a peace-filled sleep. And uh, that could be a sign of age, but it could also just be a sign of how much we don't stop. What's really, really crucial, however it is that you respond when you stop, is to not judge yourself about any of that, but simply to accept, this is how I am in this moment. So no playing that I should be game, no playing the there must be something wrong with me game, no I wish that I was more like someone else game, just honest acceptance that this is how I am right now in this moment. And so with that in mind, I would like us to actually try this. And some of you are like, no, no, please, (laughs) don't make me stop. It's going to be okay, I promise. What I want us to do is to stop and simply reflect on what happens for us. So what does happen to your mind? What does happen to your body? And so we are just going to have a couple of moments of stopping and quiet to simply tune in to what happens and how we're feeling. And for some of us, as we do this, those judgmental thoughts are going to come very, very quickly. And so I want to encourage you to just park them and recognize that God doesn't want anything from you in this moment. He accepts you 100% as you are, loves you 100% as you are, So don't expect that you need to be anything other than you are. So with that in mind, let's just pause, stop for a couple of moments, and uh, I would love you to just reflect on what happens for you as you do.
as we move into this time, I want you to know that God accepts you as you are right now. Like God doesn't expect anything from you. God doesn't demand anything from you. God understands exactly why you have had the experience that you've had as you've stopped. And he accepts you as you are. That's going to be absolutely crucial to hold on to as we make our way through where, what we're going to be exploring. So today we are continuing our series on prayer. And uh, so if you've got the Bible app on your phone, then you can pull that out now and uh, go bottom right to events, uh, to more, sorry, and then events. And uh, our outline is there if you'd like to jot some thoughts down, which I would love you to do so that you can take them into this week and continue reflecting about the things that we're talking about. So as a recap of why we're doing this, as we have entered into this year, uh, we've been using the uh, language of living and loving the way of Jesus wherever we are. And we believe that as we explore what that all looks like, prayer is this really, really important practice uh, that is so, so crucial for us because prayer opens up so much else about the rest of our spiritual journeys. And so over the last few weeks, we've spent some time talking about why we're here as a church, uh, which is to make disciples. We're here to urge and encourage each other on as apprentices of Jesus, where we're not just learning truths about Jesus, but where we're actually following the way of Jesus. And we've been using this imagery of soil, seeds, and nutrients to unpack the sort of environment that we're trying to create here. Uh, So when we think about gardening, we know that those three things are really, really important. You have to have healthy soil, which you plant something in, and then it requires nutrients in order for it to be able to grow. It requires water and fertilizer and sunshine in order for it to be able to grow. And we can recognize that that's true for us in our spiritual journeys as we seek to grow as well. The soil is the relationships that we have, us being willing to enter into honest, authentic, vulnerable relationships with one another where we're sharing what's going on in our lives and talking about the things that we're processing. And into that relational soil, we plant seeds, practices and rhythms that are about the way of Jesus. And we have felt like prayer is one of the most important seeds for us to plant in our relational soil this year. But just like if you plant a seed in the soil and don't give it any water, don't give it any nutrients, it's really not going to grow, we recognize that all of this is dependent on the transformational work that Jesus wants to do in our lives. That it's not just about us trying harder and working harder, it is about us opening ourselves up to what it is that God wants to do in us and through us. And so the focus for us as we head uh, into Easter, but then honestly as we head into the rest of this year, is around what prayer looks like. And so last week we took some time to explore what prayer is and why prayer is important, and we took some time to look at the Lord's Prayer as a map and a model for prayer for us. And so if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to uh, check out the message either on YouTube or from your favorite podcast service, um, because there is a lot that was in last week's message that really does set up this series and some key things that we want to hold on to as we make our way through it. And in particular, we looked at two key images of what prayer is. The first was uh, the image of a river. So the idea that trees that are planted next to a river don't need to do anything in order to grow and to produce fruit. They just have to stay next to the river and sink their roots down into the river and receive the nutrients that are there for them. 
And similarly, after a really, really hot day, when a cool breeze finally comes through, and some of you may have had this experience on Friday after a fairly warm week, we open our houses up. We open up the doors, we open up the windows, and we let the cool breeze through, and it refreshes everything, it revitalizes everything for us. And these images are really, really helpful for us to recognize that in prayer, we're not trying to produce anything. We're effectively planting ourselves next to the river. We're opening up the window to let the breeze in. It's freely available to us. We're just doing something intentional to position ourselves uh, to receive it. And these images are really crucial because one of the biggest dangers when we talk about prayer is that our focus ends up being about us getting good at prayer. That we think the whole point of us talking about prayer and focusing on prayer is so that we can be great at prayer. When in actual fact, the whole purpose of prayer is to enable us to have a deeper connection with God. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves of that, not just focus on what we're doing. Yes, we're going to explore a whole range of different tools and different resources throughout the series that we hope are helpful, but it's not so we can get good at those things, it's so that we can position ourselves to receive what it is that God's opening up for us. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to explore the acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y. Today, we're going to look at what it means to pause. Next week, we're going to look at what it means to rejoice in who God is and to reflect on Scripture. Uh, Then the week after that, we're going to talk about what it looks like to ask, which is probably the most familiar type of prayer for most of us. And then uh, on the fourth week, we're going to talk about yielding and what it looks like to surrender ourselves uh, to what God is uh, asking us to do. Now, also on that weekend where we focus on yielding, we are going to do another 24 hours of prayer. So on Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th of March, we're going to do another 24 hours of prayer. So if you were around last year, remember we did this. Uh, We did this in our own homes. This time, we're going to try and come together for some of it. And so from Friday night at 6 o'clock until Saturday night at 6 o'clock on that weekend, uh, we're hoping that you will sign up for an hour to spend some time praying and exploring the different things that we've been talking about. We'll give you some other resources to do that. But we're actually going to open up the hall uh, for Friday night and for Saturday so that there's opportunities for us to come and to do some of this together and also for us to be able to explore some things creatively with our hands uh, and to produce something where we are saying this is what we're sensing that God is saying to us together. And so on the Sunday morning, we'll be sharing some of what's come out of that time of prayer. But we'd love you to be already thinking about, in the next week or so, we'll give you some more details about how to sign up for that. Uh, But we'd love you to already be thinking about whether there is an hour on the Friday night or on the Saturday that you might like to set aside uh, and whether it would work for you to be able to come here. You will be able to do that at home if that doesn't work, uh, but we'd love to come together and do some of that as well. The final week of the series is then going to be a Q&R week where we want to dig into any of the questions that you've got about prayer. So as we make our way through this series, if there are questions that you've got, yeah, but what about this? How does this work? I'm not sure about this. Please send them through to me because we would love to spend some time just looking at our questions around prayer and being able to respond to those. But also in that week, we're hoping that we'll be able to share some stories of our journey with prayer. And so our hope is that this series isn't just one where it's like, well, that was interesting. But there is some transformation that happens in our lives where some things move and shift or we explore some things or we learn some things or we're challenged about some things. And we would love to share that with each other. Now, here's the challenge. All of us know how encouraging it is to hear someone else's story, right? All of us know. It's like it's so great to hear what's going on in someone else's life and to hear these things that they've been working on and processing. Unless some of us are willing to do that, none of us get that experience. 
And so we would love you to have the courage to be able to just share briefly, this is one of the things that I've been processing. This I found helpful. This I actually found really, really hard and I'm really frustrated by it. We would love to just share a whole bunch of stories. And the simplest way to do that might be just to record a simple 30-second video on your phone and to send that to me. Just literally pull your phone out. Don't worry about the quality of it. Just this is what I've been thinking and processing and then send it to me. And our hope is that we can collate a whole bunch of those that we can share together on that final week as a way of being encouraged about what it is that God's been doing in us and through us uh, through this series. However, you might also like to just use that as kind of a video journal for yourself. And so I'd encourage you to maybe even get in the habit of that once a week to just take a short video of yourself to say, here's some things that I've been processing so that you can see your own journey as we make our way through this time. So with all of that said, let's begin our journey through P-R-A-Y with pause. And in some ways, uh, the idea of pausing in prayer may be something that is really, really unfamiliar for many of us because we are so used to prayer being about talking to God. So for so many of us, our default when we think about prayer is us talking to God. So asking God for stuff that's going on for us, asking God for stuff for other people, uh, being able to tell God how amazing he is, rightly so, remembering the things that God has done, uh, asking for forgiveness for the times that we've messed up, We're used to kind of talking to God. And all of those are really, really important, and we will talk about them later in the series. But often we step into those things with a sense of getting them crossed off our list. Has anyone had that experience? Like, oh, I better make sure that I pray for that thing. That thing for me, that thing for someone else, and I know I'm supposed to pray. God will like me more if I pray, so I better make sure that I pray. But the perceptions that we have of how God feels about us or what God wants from us significantly impact our experience of prayer. And that's why I am so convinced that pausing in prayer and understanding what that looks like is such a crucial part of it because it does set a whole bunch of other things in place about our experience of prayer. And in actual fact, I'll go a step further and say it's at the core of what we believe and is the core of what makes Christianity different from every other belief system. That we don't pray or do anything else for that matter, in the hope that will be accepted. We pray and do the other things that we do because we're accepted. We don't pray in the hope that we might be more accepted by God. We pray because we already are accepted by God. If we get those things the wrong way around, then things are always going to be messy and complicated and feel like it's a sense of obligation. And that's certainly been the case for me in my prayer life over the years. The times where I think that prayer is all about me trying to earn something, everything gets messed up. But if we can get that the right way around and understand we already are accepted, then we will spend the rest of our lives trying to wrestle with the implications of just how staggeringly amazing that is. And that is also becoming true in my prayer life as I've been exploring things over the last couple of years. But it is important to name that it is something that's hugely challenging for the vast majority of us. We live in this incredibly fast-paced world where there is noise around us all the time, where we're always on, there are always devices making us think about things, and it is really rare for most of us to actually stop and to have some time where we can just pause because even in those moments where we do stop whether that's in line at the shops waiting for the kids to come out of school sitting in traffic if we do happen to have some time to ourselves at night generally 
we then fill that time up with something else. So when we're in line at the shops and we've got to wait, what do we do? Pull the phone out and start scrolling. When we're waiting, what do we do? We pull the phone out and start scrolling. When we're at home, what do we do? Put on something on a streaming service. When we're in the car, sitting in traffic, what do we do? Put a podcast on, listen to music. We fill up those spaces where we could pause with something else. So, what is pausing? What does it actually look like? Well, it is fairly simple. There's nothing terribly complicated about this. It is literally about stopping and slowing down as we enter into a time of prayer. And I absolutely love the language that is in the Lectio 365 app. So this is one of the resources that we're encouraging you to try out if you haven't already. Uh, But every single day at the start of the time of prayer from the Lectio 365 app, this language uh, is put in front of us. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Every single day, I am blown away at how much is in that very, very simple sentence that helps me understand what pausing looks like. I love that it starts with, as I enter prayer. It doesn't start with, as I start to pray, with this implication that I'm initiating something. It is a reminder that I'm entering into the stream of what's already going on, that God is already with me, God has been with me, God's going to be with me, and I'm entering into a time of prayer. Again, coming back to our images, I'm just sitting by the river. I'm opening up the door to let the breeze in. So as I enter prayer, I pause to be still. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. To breathe slowly. To recognize that our breath actually has so much power over us. And that's something that we know now scientifically why it is that that has such an impact. But this has been true for centuries that we have understood the power of our breath in being able to connect with God, to recenter my scattered senses. And every single day, I am blown away at how accurate that statement is. I often spend time reflecting first thing in the morning, so I really have not done much else. And yet I sit down, I put the app on, I start listening, those words come up and I'm like, yep, my mind is already flying thinking about all the things that are coming up, the things that I've got to do. It's already going. I need my scattered senses to be re-centered every single day, to recalibrate, to get back to basics, to re-establish my foundation. And I love that the language is to recalibrate my scattered senses, not just scattered thoughts. And I'm often struck by this because even though I've been listening to this for a very long time, most days I still expect it to be to recenter my scattered thoughts upon the presence of God. But it's even deeper to recognize that it's not just my mind, but my eyes and my ears and my body, even my taste and my smell that are all scattered and all over the place. And what do I recenter my scattered senses on? The presence of God. Recognizing that God is with me in that moment, alongside of me, all around me, inside of me. And that pause every single day is so crucial for me because it resets everything. It reestablishes my sense of connection with God. 
It brings a sense of clarity even before I've prayed in any other way at all. And so where does this idea of pausing to be still and then being able to recognize that God's with me come from? Well, it comes from a verse that will be familiar to many of us. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. So we're going to have a quick look at Psalm 46. And uh, Psalm 46 is one of the many psalms that we've got in Scripture that are these amazing songs that help us to enter into the lived human experience. And lots of the psalms are responses to specific things that someone's going through or that a group of people are going through. Psalm 46 is a more general one uh, that taps into the sense of instability and insecurity that is a part of our lived reality. And even though this was written a very, very, very long time ago, I think you'll see that there are words in this that are still just as accurate and powerful for us today. So Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be honoured by every nation. I'll be honoured throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. There's massively powerful imagery that we read in this psalm. In times of trouble... When earthquakes come, when the mountains crumble into the sea, when oceans roar and foam, when the waters surge, when the nations are in chaos, when kingdoms are crumbling. And it's fascinating that there's this parallel in this psalm between the turmoil and chaos of what's happening in nature and what's happening in nations. In fact, the exact same words are used in the original language. Waters raging and nations raging. Mountains crumbling and kingdoms crumbling. Those are actually exactly the same words that are used originally. And I'm sure that a lot of us are experiencing that. As we read about and experience all of the stuff that's going on in our world with climate change and all the turmoil that seems around us with fires and floods and earthquakes and volcanoes erupting, and then the chaos that we see and read about is happening right across the world. As we think about what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, what's happening in the Middle East, the uncertainty of what's going to happen in the US with their elections this year, and we could keep naming nation after nation after nation. There is so much around us that is just swirling constantly. And yet we're told God sits above it all. An incredibly powerful imagery that's used about God. Our refuge, our shelter, our strength, our protection, always ready to help, dwelling in a city that cannot be destroyed, God's voice thundering above the din of the chaos that's all around us, 
causing wars to cease, the weapons of destruction to be broken and burned. Promise after promise that this is not always the way that it's going to be. That a day will come when all war and all destruction will be over and when we will get to live at peace and experience peace. But then there's this staggering shift. All of that we can kind of expect, but then it just suddenly changes. It's not just something that we have to wait for. It's not just something that we have to hope is going to happen at some point when we pass from this life into the next. It's actually available to us in the here and now. But how do we access it? Here's where things to me just get tipped upside down and this is not at all what I would have expected. Be still and know that I am God. How do we experience the amazing reality of who God is? We pause. We stop. We still ourselves. We let all of the noise die down. And this is an absolutely incredible set of words. Eight words that give us so, so much. First of all, be. Simply be. Don't do, don't act, don't talk, don't react, cease striving, relax. Just be. Be yourself. Be with God. And how can we just be? Be still. We learn how to be by embracing stillness, by slowing down, by breathing. Another picture that's really, really helpful is the idea of a pond that's been disturbed by a rock. So you picture a pond, someone throws a big rock into the middle of it, what happens? It all gets disturbed and all gets messed up. How does it become still again? Simply by waiting. Waiting for the ripples to get to the outside of the pond, waiting for all the silt to drop back to the bottom of the lake, and then things become clear again and the reflection reemerges. So be, be still, be still and know. But it's not just knowing from an intellectual perspective. This is one of our big flaws with Western thinking is that knowing is all about intellectually knowing things. But this word is actually about knowing to the core of who we are. In fact, it's actually about knowing relationally. The word was used in its original context to describe the intimate relationship between a husband and a wife. No barriers, complete vulnerability, complete openness, complete sense of connection, complete sense of togetherness. As we still ourselves, we have the opportunity to know God to the depths of who we are, inside and out, vulnerable, open, intimate, connected. But that knowing doesn't come because we pray correctly, because we do the right things, because we say the right things, because we earn it, because we work hard enough. We receive that relational knowledge simply when we stop, when we pause, when we're still. But what do we know? What do we learn? What do we discover? What do we feel to the core of who we are? Be still and know that I am God in that being, in that stillness, in the quiet, in the pausing, we encounter God, the God of the universe, the God who sits above all of those things, 
but we don't encounter God through booming voices or trumpets or rumbling or destruction or power. We encounter that God by stopping long enough to know that God is God and so I don't have to be. That is a staggering truth. Be still and know that I am God so you don't have to be in control. Be still and know that I am God so you don't have to have all of the answers. Be still and know that I am God so you don't have to make everything happen. You don't have to solve all of the problems. You don't have to prove yourself because God is God and you are not. And that is a very, very, very good thing. So a really helpful and powerful way to use this verse is to break it down very, very slowly. To take each of those phrases and to reflect. Be. Reflect. Be still. Reflect. Be still and know. Reflect. Be still and know that I am God. Reflect. Be still and know. Reflect. Be still. Reflect. Be. We're actually going to practice that in a couple of moments, and it's something that we want to encourage you to practice throughout this week. But it's an incredibly powerful way of us being able to enter into this staggering truth that God is God who sits above all of the turmoil in our lives and yet we access God, we know God simply by stopping, simply by pausing. So this week, once again, we've got some resource sheets available at the back and uh, as with last week, they'll also be emailed out as well. And our encouragement for you this week is to practice, once again, two or three different things around it. And we would love you to practice at least one of those with someone else. Now this week, because of what we're going to be doing around pausing with prayer, there's not actually a whole lot of things for you to be able to choose from. Nor is it necessarily a whole bunch of different things that you could try with different people. So the encouragement is simply to have some conversations with each other about what that's like. You may like to get together with some others and pause together. But the important thing is to reflect together on what it is that we're discovering, what we're feeling challenged about, what's interesting to us. And so once again, in our gospel groups this week, uh, we'll be spending some time looking at these, uh, but you can also just grab two or three other people and have those conversations. Uh, if you're not connected with some others, please come and have a conversation with me. I'd love to help you get connected with some others so that you can journey through this stuff together. One of the biggest challenges with prayer is that it becomes this very individual thing that's just about my spirituality. But prayer, just like the majority of Jesus' practices, is so much richer when we do it in connection with others and where we learn from and with each other. So I really want to encourage you to think about how you can be processing that with others as we move into this week. There is also still the uh, sheet of other prayers that might be useful, uh, particularly as you want to pause and stop this week. So that's available at the back as well. Um, But the options that we'd love for you to be able to explore is even if you're not using the Lectio 365 app, to take some time to focus on that phrase that we looked at earlier. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. We'd love you to just try that at some different points throughout the week. You might like to try that once in the morning. You might like to try it at lunchtime. You might like to try it at the end of the day. But use that phrase 
and enter into it. What does that mean? What does that look like for you? There is the opportunity of being able to do that be still and no rundown that we're going to do shortly. Uh, And there's also uh, some details about how to do an extended time of pausing with some other things that you might like to think about. And so you can have a look at that. There are also some breathing prayers on the resource sheet. So you might want to use one of those to simply use some simple phrases as you breathe in and out. That's also what pausing looks like. And so as I said, there's not a ton of options this week because the preference is that you make a number of times to practice pausing rather than trying out a bunch of different types. And as I said, we'd love you to also make sure that you're having some conversations with others about what it is that you're discovering as you try that out this week. It is so crucial for us. This is not a series that's just about learning a whole bunch of stuff. It is about us practicing, experimenting, trying this stuff out to see what's helpful for us in being able to connect with God. And so what we're going to do to finish our time together, uh, this part of our time together today, is to take an opportunity to explore that be still and no reflection. So we've got a short video that allows us to enter into that. And so I want to encourage you to get comfortable. So if you've got a phone or a Bible or journal in your hands, put that down. Get yourself getting comfortable. And most importantly, do not judge yourself as we enter into this. God already knows you, so you don't need to put on an act. You don't need to pretend to be something that you're not. Just be yourself. That's a part of what being means. Just accept this is how you are. This is who you are. And God accepts you exactly that way. If you get distracted as we make our way time uh, through this, in fact, probably when you get distracted, because I very much doubt that most of us will be able to stick with this for the whole way through, even though it's only a few minutes, that's fine. That's the point of having a key word or a phrase to draw your attention back. So when you realize, whoops, I started to think about whatever that thing is, just bring your attention back to the words that are on the screen and recenter. And recognize that the goal of this time is simply to be aware of God. Simply to be aware of God's presence here with us. You may discover something else. You may have some other sense of awareness, but you might not. And that's okay as well. The whole purpose is simply to recognize God's here and God's with us 100% of the time. To be still and know that God is God. So let's take some time to reflect together. Thanks, Ryan.
eternal God who is the creator of the universe. We are so grateful and so blown away with the reality that you don't demand anything from us. That you don't say that we need to do things, you don't say that we need to say things, you don't say that we need to act in certain ways. You simply call us to be. To slow down, to still ourselves. And as we do, to encounter you in ways that cannot come from anything else that we could try or we could do. And we're grateful that as we encounter you, that we're able to surrender again, to acknowledge that you are God and we're not, to relieve the burden of responsibility that we so often carry, to let go of the weights that hold us down, and instead to recognise you're the God who holds it all together. And yet, you know us intimately. You know us inside and out. And so we are grateful that at any moment, any day, we can come and enter into prayer, pausing to be still, and allowing all the swirling just to stop, even if it's for a few moments, to recalibrate, to recognise again who you are, to recognise again what it is that you've done, and to recognise again who we are because of all of that. Thank you that that's not something that we have to go through a whole bunch of different things in order to enter into Thanks that it's not just something that can only happen at certain times, but it's something that is freely available to us 24 hours a day. And so as we move into this week, my prayer and my desire is that you would continue to challenge us about what it looks like to embrace the practice of prayer, not because it's something that we just want to be able to say is another thing that we're good at, and certainly not so that we can say it's another thing that we've been able to cross off our to-do list. But because as we make our way through the week, we have a growing awareness of the staggering truth that you care, that you're with us, that you're amongst us in every single setting that we go into. And so we ask, in fact, we give you permission this week to prompt us, to give us little nudges, to remind us to pause and to stop. And in that to recognise you don't need anything from us, you don't demand anything from us. You love us, you embrace us, you accept us as we are and everything else can be recalibrated around that. We look forward to what it is that we'll be able to discover as we move into that, as we explore that. We recognise that for many of us that's hugely challenging and so we pray that you would do the work of transformation that's needed in us, in our minds, in our hearts, to be able to understand just how much you think we're amazing and just how much you're passionate about being involved in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.